Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Bun Wurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the Sin office and studios stand. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So, so, so scandalous. Anticipating something? Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity and relationships on Sin Nation. Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin. It's your one-shop stop for everything sex education, sex and relationships. This is where to be. We have Tammy and Zach joining me. How are we, guys? I'm feeling sexy tonight. (laughs) Oh, that's what we like to hear. I wish I was feeling sexy. I wish I was feeling that good, Zach. The hour has only just begun. Hey, who knows what'll happen. But, you know, if you're also feeling sexy, or maybe if you're not, you should check us out on the socials anyway. You can find us at Naughty Rude Sin on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Naughty Rude Show on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and literally anywhere else with good podcasts. If we're not there, it's not a good podcast place. And you can also check out our link tree, The Naughty Rude Show, where you can ask all forms of questions. And hey, we just might answer them. In fact, we're going to answer some questions from our link tree. So we do actually pay attention. That's pretty fun. But of course, things do get difficult and it is a little bit tough out there sometimes so if you or someone you know feels like they need help feel free to check out these helplines there's beyond blue at 1300 224 636 kids helpline at 1800 55 1800 and q life helpline at 1800 184 527 last week we spoke about should sex education be taught in primary school And leading on from that, something was announced very late last week, which is that consent education is now mandatory in the Australian school curriculum. What do we think? That is fantastic news. And touching on that whole point of sex education in primary schools, it actually is going to start quite early. Quoting an article here from SBS, in kindergarten or in foundation years, students will be taught generally about seeking permission and respectful relationships. So they're going to start quite early, which is really, really good news because then it gives an actual foundation to build off of rather than just, oh, here's sex ed. Let's get it done in a year or less than a year in a lot of schools, honestly, and never talk about it again. And that's what that's what happened for myself in sex ed. And yep. the thing is, it's not like it's just being taught in these foundation years. It's being taught from those foundation years all the way up to year 10, which is fantastic. It means it'll be ingrained in kids, which is what we want to happen. The government and plenty of other bodies within, uh, especially Victoria, have tried to push consent education and tried to really teach about education in the past, but it hasn't worked, whether it be um, a terrible ad campaign that honestly just was not good or other failed ways to do it. And I think this is the best way to really approach it. Just make it a normal thing within schools and teach it like you would math, English, humanities i want to be taught geography and then be taught consent 
that makes sense to me. And I've, with someone with younger siblings and heaps of younger cousins and so on, this is something I look very forward to seeing kind of change the culture of, well, younger teens. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Tammy? Yeah, see, absolutely. And I think because it's being taught from basically K through 12 or K through 10, it will be an ongoing topic. And I think it's just great, even from a non-sexual point of view, where kids can start to think about, hang on a second, what are my boundaries? Even from something that is really small, like as a kid, you know, people always want to want to give you a little bit of a cuddle, give you a bit of a hug and kiss. I wasn't a cuddly kid. I never thought about that until I was older where I was like, hang on a second, maybe that is a boundary for myself. So I'm really hoping that the consent conversation being started earlier will allow kids to be able to just have a think and be like, okay, do I feel like doing this today? Oh, I can say no to that because I don't consent to it. You know, even something as small as that, obviously when they grow up to have to seek sexual consent and give sexual consent, they will hopefully respect it a lot more and be so much more understanding about it. But that's basically my thoughts. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And the fact that it is being implemented across like all schools, this is being made mandatory, right? Like this isn't just a, oh, we're releasing a program to help. No, it's like this is being enforced and it's coming into effect next year. So hopefully quite soon we'll start to see the effects from it, which is fantastic. Definitely, definitely. And I think as well, this I mean, we mentioned it last week, talking about whether or not sex education should be taught earlier or longer. This will bring up that conversation more often. And I mean, it'll make kids hopefully more aware of their own sexuality and sex and relationships in general when they get to the age where puberty starts to really hit. So yeah, that's, a, that's help, a great thing. If it can help people be more comfortable in themselves, in their relationships, it's really important. It's fantastic to see. Definitely. I can't think of a downside to this at all. What is polyamory is what we're talking about. Are you too familiar with the term? I am. I am. I, I'm somewhat familiar with it. Tammy? I am quite familiar, yes. I say yes. that like I have experience. No personal experience. I just know many people in the experience. Well, Tammy, do you want to give us a bit of a definition then? Yeah. Polyamory essentially means more than one love. And it's a very, very broad umbrella term. There are a lot of different ways to do polyamory. Some people are in, you know, relationships that aren't just a couple. There could be three, four, maybe more people that are all in a relationship together. Sometimes it refers to people that, you know, have multiple relationships, as in I have my relationship with this partner and then I have my relationship with this partner, but those partners are not connected at all. Sometimes it's referred to when open relationships where people go out and, you know, seek short-lived relationships with other people, but they kind of have their main relationship. Yeah, big, broad topic, but essentially a non-conventional of- standard couple relationship. There's more people going on. <laughs> It's a bit of an umbrella term for a lot of different types. I will say I have actually heard some people define polyamorous relationships differently from open relationships in that in a polyamorous relationship, there is an actual emotional connection, whereas for some people, an open relationship refers to more just casual sex, generally. And of course, this isn't across the board. This is just sort of, again, an umbrella term. It's not like every polyamorous relationship is like this. This is the only exactly. definition. No, there's <laughs> a lot of different... Every relationship's different. Yeah, every relationship is different, exactly. Uh, and just also, while we're giving out definitions here, the opposite of polyamory uh, is monogamy, which is two people in a relationship together. 
Yeah, the traditional standard, standard quote unquote relationship style. Uh, I think it's an interesting one to look into because it's one that personally in my own experience, I've, I've never experienced polyamory myself. I've never been in a polyamorous relationship, but I've known plenty of people who have. And it's one of those ones where it either it either works or it doesn't. There's really, I don't want to say it's a dangerous thing because everyone's into their own thing. It's not dangerous. I've, I've definitely seen people who have been burnt by not understanding that they're not really into it. So it's definitely something to look into and do a little bit of research before you commit to a full-on polyamorous relationship. But it's it's an interesting topic. And I don't know, I'm curious to hear your two uh, opinions on it. Yeah, I mean, See, I there's... feel like that's the thing, though, is that sometimes monogamy isn't for people. Sometimes polyamory mm. isn't for people. It all just comes down to yourself and your preferences. I've known a couple of people who have been in polyamorous relationships where they kind of had you know several different partners that weren't connected. And I know that they really enjoyed it because, you know, they had one partner that fulfilled, you know, this particular need, but then another partner that fulfilled another particular need and so on and so on with as many partners as they felt comfortable with. And that worked perfectly for them. And they all had their own like communication system and like everything was just working. The gears were turning. But then again, I also know other people that really just simply craved monogamy, but met this one person that they thought was you know, the one thought was the best wanted to be with them, but they wanted polyamory. And so they tried to mold into that relationship and just, you know, polyamory isn't for them the same way that monogamy isn't for some people. It's just very to each their own. Every relationship is different. Yeah. And I'm just going to add that one other aspect that's probably important to define with polyamory is that it is agreed upon. It's very different from cheating. Right. Just yes. Absolutely. This very clear. Make this very clear. Very People in important a polyamorous relationship are not cheating on each other. Yeah. They, every person within the relationship knows about it and all consenting yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you might also hear it referred to as ethical non-monogamy. That's another term that I definitely hear quite a bit. I see that on dating apps a lot. I was going to say the ethical... only time I've ever seen that was on a dating app, and I I've wasn't seen it on sure apps, if it I've... was a joke. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I've because seen it I figured, on... why would you say that when you can just say that you're into polyamory? But I suppose I it is maybe... a little bit more of a selling marketing terminology. I, mean, I guess polyamory out. might be a bit more of a niche term people might not know about as much, maybe. Um, and I feel like, unfortunately, it might have negative connotations with it because a lot of people maybe. have heard all these bad stories when in reality it's just they're not into polyamory. It's just not something that is for them, which is totally fine. But it's a different unfortunately, I feel like it's tarnished the word. It's a different dynamic, but that doesn't make it a bad one by any means. No, we're going to rush straight into our next conversation topic. And we're actually going to answer some questions from our link tree. Of course, if you want to submit a question, you can completely check that out. Of course, link tree forward slash uh, the Naughty Rude Show. Or you can just DM us on a social and we will answer those questions in the coming weeks. But our first question is a question put in by a fan, of course. And it's a bit of a, it's a question that I think is a bit interesting. I want to know your thoughts on it, guys. But the question is, if I am being treated for chlamydia and use a sex toy, can I reinfect myself? I know the answer to this. Does anyone have anything to add before I reveal the answer? Okay, uh, I'm going to just say I'm assuming this means that if you used a sex toy while you had chlamydia, you've been treated for it, you use the same one on yourself... Can you reinfect yourself? I don't think so. I don't think so, because it would be the same strain. 
I mean, right. Obviously, you're going to be cleaning if things anyway. So. Yeah, I mean. Well, see, clean. that's the point that I'm going to eventually get to, but you're kind of on the right track, Zach. Clean your sex um, toys. Um, <laughs> number one, clean your sex toys, please. Uh, also, if you are sharing them, because that definitely can spread STDs, definitely use a condom if you're sharing them, but also clean them. But I don't think you would be able to. But, Tammy, you have the answer. Give us the knowledge. See, the answer is no. I can tell you for chlamydia in particular, also I believe most sexually transmitted diseases cannot survive outside of the human body just because, you know, the virus will die. It needs the body heat to survive. It needs, you know, everything that's gone on in your body. Although you may have got sexual fluids on a sex toy, the virus itself or disease, whatever the bacteria will not be able to, yeah, survive. So number one, please clean your sex toys. Please, please, please. Very important to avoid not only sexually transmitted infections, but just regular infections. Please clean your sex toys. Number two, though, no, you will not be able to reinfect yourself, particularly if you are already being treated for it as well. If you are being treated for chlamydia, I'm sure you will get advice from your doctor, but I can tell you right now, do not have sex with anybody. No penetrative open sex. Please only use a condom. Keep everything nice and protected. We will be getting back to sex toys a little bit later because we have a different question. This question also submitted through our link tree. What is a good age to have sex and how do you know when to have sex? So I'm going to assume this is how do you know when you're ready to have sex. And I guess I'll buy... I don't really think there's a quote-unquote good age. I mean, everyone's kind of ready at different times, and there's no... Congratulations, you turned 19. You are now ready for sex. Yeah, it's not like you get this a medal or anything. No. Like, it's time, a certificate. It's yeah. not like when you get like Go your on. pen... It's not like you get your pen license and you can <laughs> now write. It's like, here, here's your sex license. Go have sex. It's like, no. <laughs> But it would be cool if it worked that way, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be it fascinating. Would, it would sure. make things make sense more, but we're here to help things make sense more anyway. I don't think there's really a good age. It, it really just depends on who you are. You know, some people wait till they're older. Some people have sex when they're a bit younger. It, it's really just up to you. As long as it's consensual and yeah. you're enjoying what you're doing, then yeah, I mean, there's no real set age. The absolute best advice that I ever got was if, like, is that sex is an adult activity. If you are not ready to treat it like an adult, then you're not ready to have sex. If you're not ready to talk about consent, if you don't feel comfortable seeking consent, having those conversations, talking about protection, talking about boundaries and limits, if you don't feel comfortable in yourself and, you know, if you feel vulnerable, you know, the littlest thing, being naked around someone, you're not treating it as an adult. You are not ready to have sex, Yeah, in yeah. my humble opinion. I, I completely see that. I think Zach hit it on the head. There's no right age for it. There's no, you know, this is when you have to do it. This is when you have to have done it by. It's very much you do it when you're comfortable with it, when you feel like you're ready, but you're completely right with don't rush into it. And, you know, if you're not ready for it, you're not ready for it. Don't rush yourself because you will regret it. Often, yeah. If you're not comfortable being naked in front of, um, in, for most people, I'd imagine they're going to have uh, sex with their uh, partner at the time or something like that. If you're not comfortable talking about the boundaries, talking about sex or being naked or anything like that around a partner, chances are then you might not be ready. It's definitely something to look at if you can't have the conversation with a partner or whoever you're having the sex with. 
hey, maybe wait. There's no, there's no shame in waiting at all. Like sex happens when it does. It's an, as, as Sammy said, it's an adult act. It's just, I think a lot of people find out once they have had sex for the first time, it's just an action. It's just a thing people do. There's no taboo to it. There's no grandiose kind of movie aspect to it. It's just a thing. People do it. You're not going to have your magical, you know, coming of age moment of, oh, yes, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll buy it and just spill the beans right now. I'm 21. I've never done it. I'm not in any rush. There's no rush. Throughout high school, it definitely felt like there was a, oh, you got to do it. you got to do it. But it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you, you absolutely don't. You lose nothing, okay? <laughs> you, 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 there is no rush. Do not rush. Take your time. Make sure you're comfortable. Make sure the person you're with is comfortable. And then when you're ready, you'll feel ready. See, and if you're going to bite, I'm going to bite. I felt so much shame because I really felt like a late bloomer. A lot of my friends started having sex at 13 and I felt like such a late bloomer. I only started having sex at 18 and I am so glad that I waited that long because I waited until I felt comfortable in, in myself and I found somebody who I felt comfortable around. And I think about it so often that I'm so glad that I'm not like my friends who were in those situations and good on them. They felt comfortable being in those situations. I didn't. I'm so glad that I waited. Yeah, definitely. I, I can, if we're all biting, I'll bite. I, I, <laughs> I, I was a similar story. I had a lot of friends of mine and a lot of people I knew who had it uh, late teens, um, you know, somewhere between 15 and um, eight, 19, 18. And, you know, I, I looked at that and went, oh, but could you imagine? And then I waited a couple of years and I'll be honest, I think I could have even waited longer because if you don't, have it with the right person or if you go too far or rush into it yeah you will regret it i can tell you from experience that if it's with the wrong person or if it's when you're not ready you're going to regret it like that's not unheard of and a lot of people will love the first time if they get it right even if it's not the part even with it's not a, with a partner that you're still with or something like that doesn't matter as long as it was a safe time you felt comfortable and once you finished you you know you don't look at it and go oh i shouldn't have done that or something like that tamey We've got an interesting little discussion coming up. We've got some good vibes in the studio tonight. Good vibes because we're going into the vibe. The vibe being the segment where we talk about sex toys each week that we're ever so graciously calling the vibe. That also didn't um, actually start with talking about a vibe. but This is a joke that went too far. Nobody <laughs> likes it except for us, Zach, but it's fine. Oh, everyone um, likes it, okay? Oh, we all love it. <laughs> look, it goes with what we're talking about today. Uh, which is rabbit vibrators. Straight off, what do we know about rabbit vibrators, guys? I'm vaguely familiar with the term and the shape, but not intimately familiar. And I mean that in both the figurative sense and the literal sense, in this case. I know that they've got quote-unquote ears, and I believe they're actually referred to as ears, which kind of puts me off a little, I'll be honest. But that's pretty much all I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a somewhat similar camp with that. It's one of the ones where I'm not exactly overly knowledgeable on it. Like I understand what it is, and I understand the different, I guess, parts of it and what makes it specific. But it's something that I really wouldn't be able to tell much about. So you'll have to educate not only the listeners but us tonight, Tammy. 
I was so excited to talk about that one episode of Sex in the City that made them famous, but that's fine. I'll skip over that since you guys don't understand that reference. I really hope we have some listeners that are Sex in the City fans here. Me too. If you're a but- Sex in the City fan, Sex in the City fan, write to us to make Tammy happy. Please find us linktr.e at naughty rude. Um, naughty rude sin. <laughs> at naughty rude sin. At naughty rude sin. Tammy, what are rabbit vibrators? Rabbit vibrators, you are correct, Zach. They do, in fact, have ears. They are created for penetrative use in vaginas. They are stimulating through, I'm going to call it the shaft. A lot of them rotate, vibrate, have little beads in it that go and kind of get some stimulation going there. But the real star of the show is, in fact, what is known as the ears which vibrate and stimulate the clitoris. They are probably the most common penetrative sex toy for people with vaginas, people with clitorises. Yeah. I don't really know what much else to add. They're double well, stimulative. I have um, to ask they're the quite question. Good. I yep. have to ask the question of why are they referred to as rabbits? Because I, I've just searched up pictures of them and I don't see anything that resembles a rabbit. I think it's literally just the ears. But the ears. Yeah. Like cute oh, actually, bunnies. actually, see? here's the thing. I feel like it looks like a snail more than a rabbit, more than a rabbit. See, every time I see it now, there used to be a meme that goes around. Um, you know, the meme from that one film that has Tom Hanks in it, where it's like, I'm the captain now. And he's like pointing towards his eyes. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, no one gets this reference either. It's fine. Hopefully there's somebody out there who is a Sex in the City watcher and also has seen that meme. It's, it's interesting, too, because I just had a quick look. They did only come around in 83, uh, and they were a US product, and they were first brought mainly out of leftover parts from other sex toys. And uh-huh. it was done... And the, the rabbit name is partially because it was a re- re- originally released in bright colours and animal shapes in order to get around the obscenity laws in Japan. Oh, wow. Oh! Okay. That is really interesting. So the rabbit does have a meaning behind it, and I can kind of see that animal shape I in do the, see it. Uh, the lean-off uh, clitoris bit where the, you know, the ears. it does have the ears, and it is it's a bit of a blob, but you can definitely, if you squint, maybe see a rabbit. Um, <laughs> if you squint. I, 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 I do see pictures of some that look very much more rabbit-like than others. So I do see why they're called rabbits now. Like, we, we've established that. I do want to add, since where we spoke about sex toys and chlamydia earlier, is there a certain material you would recommend getting them made from? I'm assuming, like, probably like most sex toys, silicon is, I'm guessing, the way to go, generally? Yep. Again, like most sex toys, they generally kind of are made from silicon. So they are kind of little slippery, silky smooth. Um, leads on from the discussion that we had the other other week about lubricants. Ideal use with a water-based lubricant. If you were to use a silicon-based lubricant, there is the chance of it melting unless you use a condom on it, in which case it's still a lot of money. You still don't want to risk it. Use a water-based lube. Always the safe, easy, hands-down way to go. Oh, that's a little little slice of life, a little uh, sex in the naughty rude show. Uh, <laughs> that was meant to be a sex in the city joke, but that does not work. The naughty rude show in the city? Nope. The other week, we had a Valentine's special, funnily enough for Valentine's Day, 
And we spoke about a range of different gifts. What gifts are great to receive on Valentine's? Which ones aren't? What we like and what we don't like. And we asked our audience on Instagram what they thought were good gifts. Now, Zach, what were the results? All right. So going in order, box of chocolates. 100% 100% yays across the board. People love the chocolates. Who doesn't love chocolate? I can see that. See, this I can goes back that. to what I said about edible gifts being the best gifts. People just want to eat. I second that. I second that. We then had concert tickets. These had 70% were for yay, 30% for nay for that one. So still pretty positive, honestly. I can see the nay coming from people who aren't too big on Valentine's and think it might be a little bit of a harder gift. But I can yeah. see a lot of people being like, yeah, I would have loved to have received concert tickets. Um, and if you can supply them, you know, why not? I mean, look, we are a radio show. So, I mean, I'm assuming our listeners like to listen to music. So that doesn't surprise me too much. Yeah. See, I feel like the only negativity that came from that is people that simply don't find concerts romantic. They'd rather spend their money on something that right. is a little bit romantic rather than, you know, a I'm going to say a generic experience. It's not a generic experience. It's still an exciting experience, but it's not a romantic experience. Well, perhaps a little more mm. romantic is our next option, which hits 78% yay, a travel voucher. Now, I will be blunt. I was a nay for this one because, well, I don't really care for travel that much, all things considered. I enjoy it, but like, <laughs> not my cup of tea most of the time. But yes, yeah, 78%. See, I thought that would place higher than the concert tickets because of that's something that could be a little bit more romantic, but it is also something that's a little bit more expensive. I I think we also kind of live in an awkward time for travel tickets. Uh, Obviously, COVID has made traveling a little bit hard and people aren't exactly going to just go, yeah, I'll buy travel tickets. We don't know when we'll be able to use them, though, that kind of mindset behind it. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's a romantic thing. It, again, can be a little, little pricey. Now, here we have our next one, which has a very special milestone. This is our first one that was more negative than positive. Balloons. Only 33% said yay for the balloons. This doesn't surprise me at all. Surprise it's not lower. What do you do with a balloon after the day? I I don't like balloons, I'll be honest. Tammy, you said yay to balloons on air. I said yay to everything on there, so I think I'm a bit of an outlier. But no, I completely agree with the balloons hitting 67% no, because you just, you can't do anything with them afterwards. Honestly, they're really, like, Valentine's Day balloons get pricey sometimes. It's like, oh, yay, I have this giant piece of plastic. Yay. So I'm not keen on balloons, and apparently the audience isn't either. See, I think it's fun. I can give it to my cat. My cat can play with it. I can suck the helium out of it. I can have a good time with the balloon, you know? Like, it could be fun. But also you could just I think you guys are just glass half- Just get helium. (laughs) 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 Okay, moving on. Uh, A far, far more positive one. Flowers. Flowers were 89% yays. It's the traditional gift. It's easy to find. Um, there are plenty of places that sell flowers and hey, it's one time of the year that everyone is definitely supporting a florist. So oh, yeah. I- I'm all for it. I think it's a great gift. Uh, I'm going to just ask a follow-up question to both of you. What are your favorite flowers? Oh, Mine personally is a daffodil, but daffodils it's, not very, it's not a romantic kind of one, but I like daffodils. I don't know flower names off the top of my head, but anything blue. Anything uh, blue. Cool for me. All right. Moving on. 
Tammy, you strike once more with your anything edible is perfect because a dinner date, 100%. Everyone wants I'm a I'm telling date. you, people just want to be fed and I can't blame them. Me too. Who doesn't love a night out, a night out on the town and grab something to eat, especially uh, with someone you're into? You know, possibly the people who like a night in with perhaps a sex toy, which tied for flowers at 89%, which is just a little factor that I love. That one surprised me, actually, but I like really? that it was so high. It was, I, Yeah, it was really high. I like that. I mean, we've just discussed rabbit vibrators, which I'm realizing now that the image of a sex toy that I got for the uh, Instagram post is of a rabbit vibrator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for reference, these images are still available on our Instagram. You can still vote in the poll. It's not too late. Well, Ooh. we won't be talking about it again, but you can still vote in it. Get your um, vote in real quick. Get your vote in. Uh, get your vote. Vote. Anyway, last one. This one, 50-50, the teddy bear. I don't like the teddy bears. I'm with you. Same reason for the uh, as, as the balloon. What do you do with a Valentine's-specific teddy bear Also, they're a Valentine's? little bit scary. They you can, can cuddle be, yeah. it. You can sit with it. Yeah, but then... But I can do that with, like, anything. I could. Yeah, you could do that with a normal teddy bear. I'm sitting down right now, and guess what? I'm now cuddling my water bottle. I feel fulfilled. Yeah, but does it feel as soft and cuddly as a teddy bear? I don't I think can, so. I can wrap it in a blanket. I mean, that's the thing, though. You can get a teddy bear at any time of the year. There's no reason it has to be a Valentine's teddy. That feels weird to me. Hon, so is this specifically a Valentine's teddy, yes. or is this just a teddy that we are giving on Valentine's Day? It is Day? specifically a Valentine's Day teddy bear. This is the Valentine's Day gift you know, special. Yeah, one, one of those ones with, like, it's got a love heart on it. It says, like, happy Valentine's, and it's going to go into a closet for a while, most likely. Mm, mm, see, I, I kind of get the hate for it, but, like, I just really want to be on the yes to all gifts train. So I'm, st- I, I, I'm not moving. I'm still yes. Yes, I want a Valentine's teddy. And that brings us to an end here at the Naughty Rude Show on Sin today. Been able to chat about a lot of really good topics. We were able to talk about consent education in schools. We were able to talk about polyamory. We got to talk about rabbit vibrators. Always a good day when we get to talk about sex toys. And we got to talk about your opinions on Valentine's Day gifts. As well, we weren't able to answer a lot of listener questions. If you have any questions for us, you can ask us yourself through our link tree at linktr.ee slash the Naughty Rude Show. As well, you can find us on our social medias at Naughty Rude Sin on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So this has been the Naughty Rude Show with Zach, Jacob, and Tammy. And that's a wrap for today. We will see you next week.